This sermon was preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church of Fallbrook, California. This sermon was preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church of Fallbrook, California on Sunday, August 15th, 2021. It was based on John chapter 6, verses 35 to 51. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We're in the middle part of a most famous discourse from Jesus. You remember he's, he's rightly earned a reputation as a healer and a wonder worker. He has miraculously fed 5,000 men and their companions. He has this huge crowd's attention on bread. And so he begins to teach them about a different kind of bread. And then came Christ's startling declaration in the midst of it all. If you want something to sustain your life, both now and forever, you need me. I am the bread of life. Now that's where things pick up this week. And this week, Jesus isn't backing down from that claim. In fact, he doubles down on it. You heard it yourself in the reading of the gospel. Jesus says in no uncertain terms, if you want to have anything to do with God, if you want anything even closely related to life that endures, then there's only one way to get it, through me. Now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. In, in the Jewish religion, this was an impossibly unthinkable thing to say. Few things are more sacred in the biblical view of things than the distinction between the Creator and His creatures. So, for a Jew to encounter a man who claimed to be one with the Father was like like meeting a crazy person. Except in this case, the man in question didn't seem so crazy. He seemed to have some ability to support such a claim. 
which is why it's no surprise that John reports in his gospel, at this the Jews began to grumble about him. In that grumbling there was surely some hostility that a man would say such seemingly blasphemous things, and there was surely some confusion about what to make of the signs Jesus had performed to back up such a claim. And in response, Jesus had a simple rebuke. Stop. Right? Just He says, stop grumbling among yourselves. But listen, this is more than a simple, you know, knock it off, you guys. Jesus is saying something similar to what he had said earlier in John's gospel in similar situations. He's urging his hearers to turn their attention away from each other and toward him. He wants them to move beyond their confusion and listen to what God is teaching. And you know what? That rebuke of his, stop grumbling among yourselves, stop grumbling about me, that's, that's it's remaining relevant to this very day. See, there aren't many things in common between 1st century Jews and 21st century Americans, but we do have this. The claim of Christ in John chapter 6 is impossibly unthinkable to our religious culture as well. See, for all the talk of how our country and its people are getting more godless as time goes by, you know, a lot of Christians will wring their hands over this and other maybe just social conservatives The truth is, America is among the most religious places on the planet. And the chief doctrine of American religion is that you and I are really the ones in charge of our our religion. So our culture really does have room for all kinds of, of religious beliefs, even really bizarre ones. And our culture will happily say, you do you to anyone who wants to believe anything. But there's one really notable exception to this. No one is allowed in the culture to say that their way is the way. No one is allowed to say, you know what, I have truth. I have truth, like capital T truth, that's objective and outside of us and shapes us. Uh, I have reality. Instead, people talk about your truth or my truth. Which makes the Jesus we meet in the Gospels really a a distraction uh, or an embarrassment among the, the religious and spiritual tastes of our time. The Jesus we meet in the Gospel for, for many people is like a distraction or embarrassment. Because what people want, typically, is to have any number of religious options in front of them. You know, They want to affirm the inner light, or natural law, or Judeo-Christian values, or holy tradition, or mindfulness, or or having a Christian nation, or or my personal personal relationship with God. Basically, anything, anything but Jesus. Jesus who's too shocking, too exclusive of the one thing we don't want to be excluded. We don't want what we bring to the table. Or maybe even better, what we bring to the head of the table. We don't want that ruled out. So a lot of folks decide it's really just better to set Jesus aside for something else. Or maybe just pretend he's someone he's not. But what Jesus said, what he taught, what he did, leaves no room for 
for such a, an approach. You can't just escape the constant repetition here that to be taught by God is to be taught by Jesus, that to hear God is to hear Jesus and to hear what he said, not what we think he said or what we wish he said or what we say he didn't say. He's saying, if you want the bread, then the bread is Jesus. The bread of heaven is he who has come down from heaven to make the Father known. See, it's all it's that it's that he that makes all the trouble. Throughout this this reading, throughout John chapter six, you you have this this whole concept of the bread is this one, this person, this he. The bread of God is he. It's he, not we, first of all, and and he, not we, are the ones who bring the blessings. It's the Father and the Son who draw us to him by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about God's action here. It's not about him convincing us to take a stand for truth or or show up on the side of morals. This is all God's action. You can't miss it from John chapter 6. We bring nothing to the table. In fact, what we bring to the table is precisely the problem. We bring inherent rebellion against God, our constant inclination to go our own way. And at the root of it, I think, is simply this. If we are the ones who decide what's truth and what's not, then that leaves us in charge to fashion our life however we want. And that's what we like. But if God is truth, and he's the one who does the work of salvation itself, then who he is and what he has done will shape our life. And it'll shape our life more than any preference of our own. And sometimes it'll shape our life, our lives in ways that maybe, according to our preferences, we wouldn't want to be shaped. Again, it's that he who makes all the trouble. He is a person. Jesus is not an ideal or an experience. And a person is not so easily ignored, not so easily distorted. You can just ignore an ideal. Uh, you can you can just not have an experience, but a person who keeps acting and doing and living and affecting, that, that you can't escape. See, a person can speak and explain and act. And in this universe we live in, words and deeds have a particularly stubborn tendency to carry meaning. So in a, in a very real way, when Jesus shows up claiming to be God, he's doing so in a way that cannot really be misunderstood. No one can say, oh, so you're God, that's good. I've been looking for the inner light, and here you are. No one can say, oh, so you're God, that's good. We'll just call you Allah. No one can say, oh, you're God, that's good. We need someone with that credential to be in our movement, our moral movement here, to make this moral nation. No, you you just have Jesus and what he says and what he explains and what he does which has an inherent meaning. Which, whether someone's a Christian or not, also means our personal preferences will constantly run into the hard edges of a person, not an ideal or an experience, a person called Jesus. And frankly, that'll make us grumble. That'll make us grumble from time to time and again and again. But I'll, I'll just say this, we, we would do well to stop grumbling about it, to put into practice what Jesus said. Because, look, as difficult as we know uh, it is for our old Adam to run into this new Adam, Christ, 
this one, this new Adam, this he who is bread, man, he is he's worth listening to. It's not worth grumbling against. This is the bread that was broken for you. This Jesus who makes these audacious claims that offend our modern religious sensibilities and our tastes is the same Jesus who has done what the inner light and natural law and Judeo-Christian values and holy tradition and mindfulness and your personal relationship with God, what you, most importantly, cannot under any circumstances do. He has had his body broken for you on the cross. Drops of his blood landed in Judean dirt so that God himself could erase your debt and credit you with the righteousness on display in Christ. Everything is wrapped up in this man, this person, this he. In Christ, we have the very bread of life. We have someone we can know, a person. Someone we can cherish, someone we can understand, someone who can challenge us and debate with us and change us. We have a God who cried, who got angry, who suffered, who died, and not just so God would know what it's like and be some inspiration as you try to lead a nice life here and do your best until it all comes to a crashing halt. This he did so God could have overcome the sin at the heart of all our sorrow and give you and me not just our existence, but our life, and life that never ends, life that is of constantly new quality, and a life like that that is because of what this man, this he, this bread has said and done and explained, a life that, well, it belongs to you today. Amen. Now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.